he turned to the watching officers, light eyes, and scribes. He'd accomplished his goal. They were in awe of him, afraid. He had them in his hand. It was shocking then to feel his own sudden, stark displeasure. For some reason, those frightened faces hit him harder than the sword had. Angry, ashamed for a reason, he still didn't understand. He turned and strode away, up the steps from the courtyard towards the temple above. He waved away Navani when she came to speak with him. Alone. He needed a moment alone. He climbed to the temple, then turned and sat on the steps, putting his back against the stone blocks that had fallen into the doorway. The Stormfather rumbled in the back of his mind, and beyond that sound was... disappointment. Heroes of presents The Storm Pod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book 3, Oathbringer. This is just a quick spoiler warning for chapters 58 and 59. Um, We were at the cottage and we decided to record. So we have an episode here. It's a live read episode. We didn't really have a chance to, um, Jack didn't really have a chance to read the chapters beforehand. Um, Taking the stress off of him, I said, let's just do a live read. So I handed him my copy of the book, which he didn't actually bring his own, and we recorded a live uh, episode. Normally we let you guys in on the the fun for the live read, but... um, Today, this episode was just for Jack and I. It was fun. Um, You'll probably hear some uh, noises in the background, kids, um, probably some birds and stuff. And we definitely had a fan in the room with us to cool us down. So yeah, um, the audio quality on this one isn't as great as usual, but uh, we still hope that you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q, and I'm in a cabin at a lake. Sitting in front of one of my best friends, it's Jack. What's up, man? How are you doing? I'm. I mean, I'm doing fantastic. This I think is, I'm doing fantastic too. Yeah, this is the last day of our like four to five day it vacation is. at the lake. It is. Yeah. So we are supremely relaxed. We've had like three nights of drinks and stuff, and so now we're like in a chill vibe where we're going to bring you nothing but relaxation takes on the Stormlight <laughs> Archive. There you go. <laughs> so, um, and we're going to be doing something a little differently. For yes, this yes. Uh, why don't you tell uh, the listeners what's going on? So, firstly, we're going to do a live read of these two chapters, at least for us, anyways. Right. I have not read these first two chapters, and this is the beginning of part three. But also, we're going to take you back in time to the way that we used to do the show mm-hmm. on our original. Is this a Yeti Blue? It is. It's a Yeti a Yeti microphone, yeah. Yeti Blue microphone. So it's going to sound a little different mm-hmm. than what we normally do for you. But uh, So a couple of notes on that. Um, normally Jack and I record separate tracks and then I edit them so that there's no overlapping points. Sometimes Jack and I are so excited that we both say something really interesting at the same time. I normally try to sp- uh, split those up so we both hear both points. Um, but today it's going to be a little bit different. We're doing a live read um, because, you know, this 
was a really nice, relaxing weekend, and we wanted to be able to enjoy as much of it as possible. And sitting down and doing a bunch of research for Jack and rereading the chapters was just not in the cards. But I suggested to Jack, what if we just go to my cabin right now and just record you reading it like a live read? Mm -hmm. It'll take way less time, and it's content. So we really hope that you enjoy this uh, special lakeside. (laughs) The Pure Lake. It is, yo. That's actually we should talk about that for a that second. That is, we we're at um at a, a Craftmaster Mike and his wife Robin's uh, uh, parents' uh, cottage, and the lake level is so low that Jack's it son is. Parker walked out into the middle of the lake, and you could still see his chin. It was like the Pure Lake. Yeah, it really is. And it's so still and calm. It's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that is the um, uh, environment in which we're recording today. So That is right. Um, I know that this is a little bit different, everyone, but uh, we really hope that you uh, get to enjoy um, us being able to be. This is the first time that you and I have recorded together in, in person same, yeah, since yeah. we started doing StormPod. That's right. It I is. I think there's an episode that was released early days of me talking to you about your pl- Pirates of Blackwater game yeah. in person. Yeah. But that was old days. That's before we had chemistry <laughs> and we had we actually had a show, right? That was right. just some random recording. That's right. We are actually doing an episode of our show. Here, let's be silent for a second. You can probably hear the plane flying overhead. So that's another point that I should say. You're going to probably hear birds chirping and uh, there may be children running by the cabin. So um, just be prepared for anything that could happen. This is truly live. This is truly live. (laughs) Right. Okay, so let's begin part three Mm -hmm. of Oathbringer. Defying truth, love truth with Dalinar, Shallan, Kaladin, and Adolin. Mm Mm-hmm. So, because I'm reading your book, right. which I don't normally read, I have a beautiful picture here um, of what appears to be someone in the Thalen Merchant Court. Um, it says, this folio page targets the Thalen Merchant class with styles heavily influenced by the fashion worn by the nobles of Queen Fen, Renandi's court. So I don't know if I have this picture or not in my... You probably do. It probably might not do. be in the same yeah. spot. I think hardcover and paperback vary. Okay. But um, yeah, just for the record, Jack actually forgot his book and we thought, oh no, we're not going to be able to do it. But then I decided, you know what? You can just read my hardcover that I brought. Right. I already have all my notes taken down on my laptop. Mm-hmm. So we were able to make this work regardless. Perfect. So chapter 58, we begin with burdens. As a stone ward, I spent my entire life looking to sacrifice myself. I secretly worry that that is the cowardly way, the easy way out. From drawer 29-5, Topaz. So what is that? So this is, um, these are the scribblings. This is the diagram. No, it's not. Or, or what? It's, it's, it's from Terra Venge, or, um... You would think so, but this is from drawer 29-5. Topaz. Topaz. This is what's been inscribed on a piece of topaz that Renarn found in all those drawers in Uruthiru. Oh, right. This is the first taste of it that you get as an epigraph. So this comes direct from an ancient radiant, and this is their musings that they inscribed on this. Whoa, okay, so, so reread it now then. As a stone ward, I spent my entire life looking to sacrifice myself. Okay, so even stone ward. So this stone ward seemed 
that they wanted to, that the, their glorious end was in battle, sacrificing themselves for the cause. I secretly worry that is the cowardly way to sacrifice yourself. Well, because then you're dead and you don't have to keep living on and keep fighting. The easy way out. Right. So how much do we know about stone wards? Very little. Hmm. Yeah, very little. Okay. The clouds that usually congregated about the base of the Urethiru Plateau were absent today, allowing Dalinar to see down along the endless cliffs below the tower's perch. He couldn't see the ground. Those cliffs seemed to extend into eternity. Mm -hmm. But even with that, he had trouble visualizing how high in the mountains they were. Navani's scribes could measure height using the air somehow, but their numbers didn't satisfy him. He wanted to see. Were they really higher than the clouds were over the shattered plains? Or did the clouds here in the mountains fly lower? I love that he wanted to see for himself. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah, like he doesn't, he's not trusting what they're saying. He needs to see it. Yeah. And I also just think it speaks to his character too. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. How contemplative you've grown in your old age, he thinks, he thought to himself, stepping onto one of the Oathgate platforms. Navani held his arm, though Teravangian and Adratagia had trailed behind on the ramp up. Uh. So this is great by Sanderson here, because Why? It's, it's been a couple of weeks since we recorded, so mm-hmm. maybe the feeling has lost on you a little bit, but we just recorded our last episode, mm-hmm. which was the interludes. That's right. We got a huge reveal about Teravangian right. and what he has planned. Right. His, to reiterate... His plan is to support Dalinar, Dalinar, right? Make the coalition of, of nations, and then undermine him and take control of the coalition. That's right. Then make a deal with Odium, so that he could give up everyone in the coalition, so that his people in Carbranth are safe. Are safe, right? So we. So this is brilliant because we just found out this information, and now right away he doesn't waste time. Dalinar and Teravangian are together. Are together. And now we're like, now we're reading all the subtext. We're like, oh my god, uh, Dalinar doesn't know, but we know. But we already know. Also, the factor is, which Teravangian is this? Right. It's not the same day, so he could have woke up and he's the kindly old, compassionate Teravangian, right? Which you never suspect. Which, of course, I never did. Right. Okay. Navani trailed into his eyes as they waited. Sorry, trailed. Navani looked into his eyes as they waited. Still bothered by the latest vision, she asks. That wasn't what was distracting him at the moment, but he nodded anyway. Indeed, he was worried. Mm -hmm. Odium. Though the Stormfather had returned in his previous self-confident ways, Dalinar could not shake the memory of the mighty Spren whimpering in fright. Remember when Stormfather was Stormfather's normally with him when he does the visions, right? right? Mm-hmm. And then when Odium came into the vision and made himself known, right? Dalinar could hear the Stormfather whimpering under the power, cowering under the, in right. fear from Odium. Navani and Yasna had eagerly feasted on his account of meeting the Dark God, though they'd chosen not to publish this one for wide dissemination. Wide dissemination from the Ardentia? Yeah, remember in a the, book uh, earlier in Words yeah. of Radiance, um, uh, ELA Sadius got a hold of all 
of the notes that right. Nivani was taking and publish them. Right. Look, for Dalinar's all, crazy. For all the dreams. And, and then visions. Dalinar decided, you know what we're going to do is we're going to start publishing all my visions. My visions are real. Right. And then now we're going to give them to all the scholars so that they can check whether or not I'm crazy. Right. And they've decided not to publish this one because it's, it's with Odium and it, 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 they don't, they're not really sure, like they don't want people to, to, to take it apart. Right. And also they're, they're claiming here it would just be too much. Right. Okay, so they're keeping this one to themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. Maybe Navani says this was somehow un this was somehow another pre-planned event placed by honor for you to encounter. Dalinar shook his head. Odium felt real. I truly interacted with him. You can interact with the people in the visions, just not the Almighty himself. Because you theorize the Almighty couldn't create a full Simulacrum of a god. No, I saw eternity, Navani. A divine vastness. He shivered. For now, they had decided to suspend the use of the visions. Who knew what risk they'd run by bringing people's minds in and potentially exposing them to odium. So what they mean by that is they've been using the visions as research, search, right. sending Yasna in and doing research, right. sending the visions to um, Queen Fen, Queen Fen, and um, the uh, Yanagon in Azir and all this stuff. And Dalinar's like, maybe we shouldn't do that because if Odium's in it now, we don't want to put anyone in danger that we don't have to. Uh, well, what about the danger of Dalinar himself? Right, right. Like, what about these visions? So these, what if these visions were all, you know? A part of trying to get the champion of Odium. Like, that these were never visions from Honor and they've always been visions from Odium? Right. Or that by Odium hijacking or, or them... Or Odium hijacking. It could be Odium hijacking, yeah. That, he, that If he hijacks them, then he'll be able to use them to influence Dalinar more? Has Honor spoken directly to Dalinar or anyone in the visions? He spoke... But it was like a pre-recorded message, not. And he's saying that's that was different. This right. I interacted. With I interacted Odium. with Odium. Odium was there. We were having a conversation because he knows the difference. Whenever Odium's uh, or when Honor spoke before, there was no the, the 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 man's speech didn't reflect questions being asked of him. Yeah, and he thought they were. Remember at the very beginning of the series, he's like, "Can I trust?" Sadius and the voice of honor said yes, but he wasn't saying yes to that. He was saying yes to something else. Jeez. Okay, let me let me continue yeah, get, reading a bit more. Yeah, get back to it. Um, of course, who's to say what he can and cannot touch in the real world? Mm -hmm. Delinar thought. He looked up again. The sun burning white, and the sky a faded blue. He would have thought that being above the clouds would give him more perspective. Hmm. Giving him less. Yeah. Being above the clouds. It's funny, eh? Hmm. Teravangian and Adratagia finally arrived, followed by Teravangian's strange surge binder, the short-haired woman, Malata. Dalinar's guards brought up the rear, and Rial saluted him again. Rial saluting Dalinar again? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know who Rial is, right? We've heard that name a few times. Rial is the that, guardsman that was giving Dalinar shit that time. Remember? Guardsman he's like, who yeah, gave, he's oh, like, yeah, soldier, right. what time is it? Yeah, he's like, right. your, your wife made you a watch. Maybe you should wear it. Yeah. And remember we were like, whoa, this yeah, guy's... Yeah, yeah, who is this guy? It's He's, he's still around. 
You don't need to salute me each time that I look at you, Sergeant, Dalinar said dryly. Just trying to be extra careful, sir. The leathery, dark-skinned man saluted one more time. Wouldn't want to be reported for being disrespectful. I didn't mention you by name, Rial. Everyone knew anyway, Brightlord. Imagine that. Rial grinned, and, and Dalinar waved for the man to open his canteen and then sniffed for alcohol. It's clean this time? Absolutely. You chastised me last time. Water only. And so you keep the alcohol in my flask, sir, Rial said, right leg pocket of my uniform. Don't worry, though, it's buttoned up tight, and I've completely forgotten it's there. I'll discover it when duty is done. I'm sure, Dalinar said. Or sorry, Dalinar took Navani by the arm and followed Adratagia and Teravangian. You could have so you could have someone else assigned to guard you, Navani whispered to him. That greasy man is unfitting. I actually like him, Dalinar admitted. Reminds me of some of my friends from the old days. Cool. It's really neat, right? Yeah. So this is the guy that kind of spoke out of turn while uh, like on guard duty for Dalinar. Mm -hmm. And then he's saying... You know, he's saying sir to him too many times. Yeah. Dalinar's, you don't have to say sir to me every time you talk to me. He's like, right. well, he I wouldn't want to be... He's like, I he says it again. Yes, yeah, sir. I wouldn't want to be brought up on charges of, uh, of you know, yeah. disrespect. Yeah. And then Dalinar says, I'm not the one who reported you for that. So someone else must have reported him for the way he spoke to Dalinar. Right. And then now he's being extra careful. But Dalinar likes this. Well, what I like, what, what what I think is cool is it it reminds him of some of his friends. What I take from that is that Dalinar values friends that challenge him back and does their own thing. Right. Like I'm telling you to to salute me less, but you do it anyway, your own way, mm -hmm. the way you want to. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's that's a friend of Dalinar. Right. Which I like. It makes me think a little bit about how Dalinar had to actually speak to Queen Fen. Right, because he was ben all formal was, with her, and right, then when he started being himself, she and she wanted just himself, right, right, mm -hmm. not this guarded, speaking the right things type mm -hmm. of uh, of king. He wa she wanted to see the real him, and so I think there's a little a little thing going on there. The control building at the center of this platform was shaped like the others: mosaics on the floor, keyhole mechanism in the curved wall, and the patterns on the floor, however, were glyphs in the dawn chant. This building would be identical to one in Thalen City, and when engaged, it would swap places with that one. So this is one of the um, the teleportation uh, pl platforms. Yeah, this is the the Oath Gate the Oath at Uthiru yeah. to get to Thalen City. Ten platforms here, ten across the world. The glyphs on the floors indicated that it might somehow be possible to transport directly from one city to another without coming to Urathiru first. They hadn't discovered how that might work, and for now, each gate could swap only with its twin, and they had to first be unlocked from both sides. So that means yeah. um, Thalen City could go to Urathiru, and then Urathiru can go to Narak, but Narak can't go directly to Thalen City to yet. Thalen, it right. has to be connected by the tower for mm -hmm. now. But they think that they're eventually they're going to be able to figure out how to do, how to from, do city it from city to city connections. To city. Yeah. Navani went straight for the control mechanism, and Malata joined her, watching over Navani's shoulder as she fiddled with the keyhole, which was in the center of a ten-pointed star on a metal plate. Yes, Navani said, consulting some notes. The mechanism is the same as the one to the Shattered Plains. You need to twist this here. She wrote something via Spanry to Thalen City 
and then ushered them back outside. A moment later, the building itself flashed, a ring of stormlight running around it, like the afterimage of a firebrand being waved in the dark. And then Kaladin and Shallan emerged from the doorway. Oh, yes, good. So they stepped outside right. of, the, the, of the Oathgate room. Yeah. And then Shallan and Kaladin, who had been tasked by Dalinar part, uh, in right. part two right. to fly to Thalen City, yeah. unlock the gate there, just walked through the just Earth walked through the Earth from, Thalen, from Thalen, City. Thalen City. Right. It worked, Shallan said, as she bounced out, bubbling over with eagerness. In contrast, Kaladin stepped out with a firm gait. Transferring only the control buildings instead of the entire platform should save us stormlight, she says. Up until now, Navani said, we've been working the Oathgate at full power for every transfer. I suspect that's not the only mistake we've made in regard to this place and its devices. Anyway, now that you two have unlocked the Thalen Gate on their end, we should be able to use it at, at will, with the help of a Radiant, of course. Mm. Sir, Kaladin said to Dalinar, the Queen is prepared to meet with you. Teravangian, Navani... Adutagia and Malata entered the building, though Shallan started down the ramp back toward Urethiru. Dalinar took Kaladin by the arm as he moved to follow. The flight in front of the high storm went well, Dalinar asks. No problem, sir. I'm confident it, w it will work. Next storm, then, soldier, make for Kolinar. I'm counting on you and Adolin to keep Elokar from doing anything too foolhardy. And be careful. Something strange is going on inside the city, and I can't afford to lose you. Yes, sir. So, this is in preparation for the thing you've been waiting for. Right, right. right. So he says, wanted that next band. high storm. Yeah. So it's going to happen real soon now. The next time there's a high storm that goes that in that direction towards Kolinar. They're going to ride it. They're going to ride it. So it could be any day now. <coughs> so you're, you're right there, buddy. Yeah. The thing that you've been waiting for. I hope it's happening. in part three. I really do. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be nice to get the the um, Kolinar component s at least somewhat addressed. Added, at the very least, so that it's yeah. no longer a mystery what's going on in there. Ideally. It might not be resolved in part right. three, but at, but at least the very least know it'll be introduced in part three. going on. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. I would love that in part three, if, we, if, we, if we're lucky to get it. Okay. Um, yes. Hang on, I can't afford to lose you. Yes, sir. As you fly, wave to the lands along the South Fork of the Death Bend River. We had that name before, the Death Bend River. No, I don't think so. The Parshman may have conquered them by now, but they actually belong to you. Sir? Well, you're a Shardbearer, Kaladin. That makes you at least a fourth Dawn, which should be a landed title. Elokar found you a nice portion along the river that reverted to the crown last year at the death of its Bright Lord, who had no heir. It's not as large as some, but it is yours now. Kaladin looked stunned. Are there villages on this land, sir? Six or seven. One town of note. The river is one of the most consistent in Althkar. It doesn't even dry up in the mid-peace. Just pause there. What's the mid-peace? Mid-peace is probably like the, um, the hottest time of the summer, when Mid things like would, okay. would dry, when creeks and riverbeds and stuff would start drying up. Dalinar finishes with, That's on a good caravan route, and your people will do well. Sir, you know I don't want this burden. If you'd wanted a life without burdens, you shouldn't have said the oaths, Dalinar said. Mm -hmm. We don't get to choose things like this, son. <gasps> Called him son. Yeah. I always loved that. Me too. Remember, he did that a little bit in uh, Way of Kings, too. Yeah. It? Yeah. Just make sure you have a good steward, 
wise scribes, and some solid men of the fifth and sixth dons to lead the towns. Personally, I'll count us lucky, you included, if at the end of all of this, we will still have a kingdom to burden us. Right. <laughs> Consider yourself lucky to have a kingdom to burden us with. Interesting. Yeah. That's like you want the burden. Right. Yeah. Because if we if we get that burden, that means we've freed our country. And now we right. have the, bur- the responsibility and the burden, and the of, burden of, of leading those people yeah. and making sure yeah. that they, they, they're good. So what do you think about Kaladin so getting uh, perspective. Yeah. Kaladin gets a plot of land and the person who found it for him was Elokar, the Elokar, king. Elokar, yeah. yeah. I, think it's, I think it's great. I was kind of hoping in some way that it might have included where he grew up. Right. Uh, there was a moment I was thinking, oh, is that near where... Hearthstone, yeah. Yeah, Hearthstone, yeah. Yeah, like but, kick uh, shown out and now he's the... Yeah, the like, I was thinking that would be really interesting, but uh, but mm. no, this is, this is... But, you know, as, as Kaladin, he, he does, he's, he's not looking for that. No. But he'll be, he'd be a good, he'd be a good person to lead the the area because he oh yeah because he he would he would have to you know he would kill himself worrying about everything. What's so crazy about about uh, about Kaladin and Dalinar dealing with him is that you know Kaladin doesn't really appear to know what's necessarily good for him. Right. So it's kind of like you know the father figure in Dalinar is kind of like no 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 this this plot of land is good for you. Yeah, this, he needs that. It, yeah, yeah, but but Kaladin doesn't know that. Right. Right. Dalinar does. Right. Yeah. Well, I think it's because Kaladin right now is a son without a father around. Yeah. And Dalinar is a father, right? So right. he treats him like a son, right. which is why he said son earlier. Kaladin nodded slowly. My family is in northern Alethkar. Now that I've practiced flying with the storms, I'll want to go and fetch them once I get back from the Kolinar mission. <laughs> I'm so glad he's so confident he's going to get back from the Kolinar mission. Right. So his plan is to go what do, do the you mission know? and then yeah. go get his parents so, and bring them to his new territory. Right. Or bring them to Urthiru. We'll see. Yeah. Get that oath gate open and you can have as much time as you want. I guarantee the best thing you can do for your family right now is to keep Alethkar from falling. Mm-hmm. By Spanreed reports, the Voidbringers were slowly moving northward and had captured much of Alethkar. Relis Pruthar had tried to gather the remaining Alethi forces in the country, but had been pushed back toward Herdaz, suffering at the hands of the fused. However, the Voidbringers weren't killing non-combatants. Wow, a sense of honor amongst mm-hmm. themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Kaladin's family should be safe enough. The captain jogged off down the ramp, and Dalinar watched, thinking about his own burdens. Once Elokar and Adolin returned from the mission to rescue Kolinar, they would need to get on with Elokar's high, high king arrangement. Oh yeah, right. Right. That hasn't been. That's right. That hasn't been actually dealt with yet. No. So keep reading here. He still hadn't announced that, not even to the high princes. Right. It's not really much of anything then, is it? If no. you haven't made that announcement. Yeah, it's just like a promise. It's a promise. Yeah. But it doesn't mean do much. It, but no one else knows about it. None right. of the high so kings know about it. So it's meaningless. Yeah. So is, do you think it's meaningless because Elokar is keeping that in his back pocket? A way of of leading Dalinar along? Maybe. That's possible. They just haven't gotten to it yet. So it doesn't mean that Elokar's not going to honor it. It's actually Elokar's idea. But how many know about it? Not many. I think he... Uh, keep reading. I think maybe they say... A part of Dalinar knew he should simply go forward with it now. 
naming Adolin High Prince and stepping down, but he delayed. This would make a final separation between himself and his homeland. He'd at least like to help recover the capital first. Dalinar joined the others in the control building and then nodded towards Malata. She summoned her shardblade and inserted it into the slot. The metal of the plate shifted and flowed, matching the shape of the blade. They'd run tests, and though the walls of the buildings were thin, you couldn't see the other end of the shardblade jutting through. The blade was melding into the mechanism. That's cool. Really cool, That's right? That's really neat, yeah. yeah. Malata pushed against the side of the blade's hilt. The inner wall of the control building rotated. I like how the blade is capitalized, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's a it's a being or a, it's a... It, it's, well, it's an entity, it's right? It's an entity, yeah. yeah. The inner wall of the control building rotated. The floor underneath the mosaics began glowing, illuminating them like stained glass. Wow, it must look great. It must look awesome. She stopped her blade at the proper position, and a flash of light later, they had arrived. Dalinar stepped out of the small building onto a platform in distant Thalen City, a port on the western coast of a large southern island near the Frostlands. Oh, I like the Frostlands. Mm -hmm. Here, the platform that surrounded the Oathgate had been turned into a sculpture garden. But most of the sculptures lay toppled and broken. Yeah. Okay. Queen Fen waited on the ramp up with her attendants. Shallan had probably told her to wait there in case the room-only transfer didn't work. The platform was high up in the city, and as Dalinar neared the edge, he saw that it gave an excellent view. The sight of it made Dalinar's breath catch. Wait a second here. Shouldn't we go on this clue? Is this a clue? This, this, um... These uh, sculptures that are toppled and broken, like it's it's exchanging rooms, basically, right? Like we're yeah, they they were in the um, Uthiru Oathgate room, yeah, and the um, Thalen City Oathgate room have these statues that have all been toppled. So what's the reason? I keep reading. The answer is on this page. Is it? Yep. Okay, Th- Thalen City was a mountainside metropolis like Carbranth, placed with its back to a mountain. To provide shelter from the high storms. So in normal times, mm-hmm. they don't get hit by the high storms because the city is protected by the mountain. Right. So that it goes over top, it hits the mountain, the city's low, the, 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 the high storm, storm goes, goes and across. Yeah. So, so this city fa- hasn't well evolved protected. like other cities. Thalen City. Right. The Thalen City hasn't evolved like right. other cities. Mm-hmm. Other cities would have had their, you know, a sloped area towards the, the storm, the, or towards the origin of the storm, mm-hmm. and their windows on the other side, because their, right. their windows would be busted out if it was the other way around. Right. Everything has to be solid right. in the face of the but storm. But Thalen right. City doesn't have to worry about that, because it's protected by the mountainside. Right. The mountain and is any, its shield. And the, yeah. the high storms always follow the same path. Right. But, the never, but the not the Everstorm. Doesn't, no. right? No. So it could be that the statues are broken because of damages caused by the Everstorm. Right. Okay. Or it could be something else. Or it could be something else. So things at Mountainside Metropolis placed with it back. Da, da, da. Okay, so though Dalinar had never been to the city before, he'd studied maps and knew Thalen City had once included only a section near the center they called the Ancient Ward. This raised portion had a distinctive shape formed by the way the rocks had been carved millennia ago. The city had long since been built beyond that. A lower section called 
the low ward, cluttered the stones around the base of the, of the wall, a wide, squat fortification to the west that ran from the cliffs on one side of the city to the mountain foothills on the other. Above and behind the ancient ward, the city had expanded up a series of step-like tiers. These loft wards ended at a majestic royal ward at the top of the city, holding palaces, mansions, and temples. The Oathgate platform was on this level, so the Oathgate's on the royal ward. Right. At the northern edge of the city, close to the cliffs down to the ocean. Once this place would have been stunning because of its magnificent architecture, but today, Dalinar paused for a different reason. Dozens, hundreds of buildings had fallen in. Entire sections had become rubble when higher structures smashed by the Everstorm had slid down on top of them. What had once been one of the finest cities of all of Roshar, known for its art, trade, and fine marble, was cracked and broken like a dinner plate dropped by a careless maid. Whoa, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So, so there's your answer. There's beautiful, the answer. vibrant city yeah. full of culture and art. Yeah. But it was really susceptible yeah. to something like the Everstorm. To the damage of the Everstorm. It was Everstorm. not ready at all. Like Sesmalek's Dar, the city that's built into the ground. Uh, the one that's carved out of the ground, like the one that we got, like the Tashik, one that lift, like and Tashik, the one that yeah, like, Tashik. They they built it like kind of like what Sesamalex Star is, and those two cities could withstand any storm because they they're built downwards, yeah. right? Where this one is, oh, we're protected. We'll just build everything how we want. Right. But when the first storm hit, wouldn't they have tried to do some fortifications, like? I think there's a little more of an explanation going to happen here. Ironically, many more modest buildings at the base of the city in the wall's shadow had weathered the storm, but the famous Thalen docks were out beyond this fortification on the small western peninsula fronting the city. This area had once been densely developed, likely with warehouses, taverns, and shops, all wood. Oh man, so that entire area would be gone. They're not even made out of stone. They're made out of wood. Oh, so they're done. That's all gone. So heavy damage. So Dalinar's looking at heavy, heavy damage. Mm-hmm. And it said that he didn't know much about the city, but he had read about it or something? Yeah, studied maps, studied read maps. about them. It's probably part of his upbringing, right? Yeah, yeah, to learn about it, sure. They'd been swept away completely. Only smashed ruins remained. Stormfather. No wonder Fen had resisted his distracting demands. Most of this destruction had been caused by that first full Everstorm. Mm-hmm. Thalen City was particularly exposed, with no land to break the storm as it surged across the western ocean. Beyond that, many more of these structures had been of wood, particularly in the loft wards, a luxury available to a place like Thalen City, which up until now had been subject only to the most mild of the storm winds. The Everstorm had come five times now though subsequent passings had blessedly been tamer than the first. Dalinar lingered, taking it in, before leading his group to where Fen, Queen Fen, stood on the ramp with a collection of scribes, light eyes, and guards. This included her prince consort, Kamakal, an aging Thalen man with matching mustaches and eyebrows, both drooping down to frame his face. 
He wore a vest and a cap and was attended by two ardents as scribes. Fen, Dalinar said softly, I'm sorry. We lived too long in luxury, it seems, Fen said, and he was momentarily surprised by her accent. It hadn't been present in the visions. I remember as a child worrying that everyone in other countries would discover how nice things were here, with the mild straits weather and broken storms. I assumed we'd be swarmed with immigrants someday. She turned toward her city and sighed softly. How would it have been to live here? He tried to imagine living in homes that didn't feel like fortresses, buildings of wood with broad windows, roofs needed only for keeping the rain off. He'd heard people joke that in Carbranth you had to hang a bell outside to know when the high storm had arrived, for otherwise you'd miss it. There you go. It's a really cool explanation of why, of the, why the bells, bells are right? everywhere. Yeah, because like Carbranth, this city would never have doesn't even feel the high storms. Because Carbranth is also built on the side of a mountain. So would it also have been faced with the same sort of destruction? Potentially, yeah. Potentially. Wow. Uh, okay, so hang on. Uh, hang a bell outside to know when the high storms had arrived, or otherwise you'd miss it. Fortunately for Teravangian. That city's slightly southern orientation had prevented devastation on this scale. There you go. Slightly southern orientation. So the... Where it was in the, right. the, the continent, the, Ever, the, 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 the Everstorm hasn't hit it the yet. way it hit Phelan City. Right. Yet. Right. But there's no rhyme or reason to no. the Everstorm. So. No. So, yeah. Well, Fen said, let's do a tour. I think there are a few places worth seeing that are still standing. Wow, that's yeah. pretty harsh. Isn't brutal? That's the that's chapter fifty-eight. That's the end. Yeah. So like, no wonder she was. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. We can't meet. We have, I'm too busy. I'm doing things. Yeah, pushing it off. Also, delaying. they're so weak right now. Yeah. It'd be so easy to take over. Right. So, inviting Dalinar over here means she really does trust him right now. I think, you, I think I think out of I think it's out of desperation too though. I mean she of it's too, this is too much. Yeah. 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 So she's reluctantly having to deal with Dalinar. I mean the reputation yeah. is that you would never show weakness to Dalinar Cole yeah, the Blackthorn, sure. right? Yeah. But she you're right, she's desperate. She needs something. She needs a win right now. She needs a win and she needs help. She needs help for the, sure. The city needs to recover. That's Remember that's Dalinar terrible. offered a long time ago, like, you know, when he first started interacting with her through span read only, like, if you need soldiers to come and help with the destruction, mm. I can send a whole platoon over to, to help you. Mm -hmm. But, obviously, that's seeing, like, craziness from Dalinar Colin. But, I mean, she clearly needs that. She really needs it. Highlight for me for this chapter is, uh, I'm going to, it's a few things. First, I just love this image, this mm -hmm. piece of art prior to this chapter. With chapter the white three. eyebrows? Yeah, I love this piece of art. I love the outfit. Mm -hmm. I love the kind of scroll-like work on the outfit. The contours are great. I love the Thalen eyebrows in this image. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm really digging it. Um, so that's a highlight for me. I, I'm going to choose Queen Fen. Like, being measured and, and cautious you know, that, mm -hmm. that as we get to know this level of destruction, I also really like Dalinar's reaction to it. He seemed to 
to be, you know, genuinely shocked and heartbroken for them right. Too. So yeah. him, him apologizing to her, that was mm. a good moment. Mm-hmm. So I think all of that is or is my highlight. Cool. What about you for um, for burdens? My highlight is the introduction of a brand new type of epigraph. Right. We're Having start the, finding uh, out what these jewels, what are what was inscribed in these jewels. Right. From drawer twenty nine five to So as we're learning about it, that must yeah. mean the group of scholars and artists and all that, that are working in that room, yeah. they're discovering what is being said too. So we're gonna be we're gonna be chapter to chapter finding out some of the things that they've found out. So I love that. I love how d- d- uh, Sanderson is able to do that. Yeah. Introduce something new. Oh, new knowledge. Well guess what? You're gonna get to find that new knowledge too. So this, so that new knowledge that's recorded on these gemstones, mm-hmm. are those gemstones different from the gem hearts of the chasm fiends? Um, no, no, not necessarily. Um, I mean, they're probably in size, they're much smaller. But the ancient radiance, the the, the uh, knight's radiance, had some kind of technique in order to be able to inscribe sound. Because remember, it was almost like it was sound, and then whenever they infused it, they were able to kind of like get it. So, so what about the gem hearts or gem hearts of chasm fiends? I think that they would be like, um, would they cut and um, like a like a jeweler or whatever, whoever works with gemstones in the, back in that time would have taken those gem hearts and crafted them into these jewels that they're using with the inscriptions on them. So it's like the same stuff. Oh, okay. I, I was just wondering if the gem hearts of the chasm fiends would also contain information, just like you know. Like being oh, able to tap know. into, I don't know. I don't. It seems like the from the chapter we found before when Renarin found them, it seemed like no one had ever seen anything like that on a jewel before, right? And it was intentionally put there by the Radiance to pass on knowledge. Remember right. uh, the Herald uh, uh, Telenalot, Herald of War, said in his speech when he returns yeah. that Ishtar or Ishi, the uh, the Herald, is close to figuring out a way to be able to conserve knowledge after each desolation. Right. So, I mean, my theory is that this is that thing that Ishtar was able to figure out. He was able to uh, use gemstones in some way to be able to inscribe memories on them. So, pretty cool. No, great chapter. Rial, great. Love it. Yeah, the Rial stuff is cool, too. I like that. Yeah, Kaladin getting a plot of land. Jeez. That's really cool. Lord Captain Bridge Boy. Captain Bridge Boy. (laughs) Yeah, moody, but he's back. Shallan is there. We're inching towards this band. This, um, I just want to go right into the next chapter. Like, are okay. you are you okay with go that? Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So let's 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 just jump into it. Yeah. Chapter fifty nine is is titled Bondsmith, mm-hmm. um, and it begins with If this is to be permanent, then I wish to leave record of my husband and children. Was Mal as good a man as any woman could dream of loving? Kamakra and Molinar, the true gemstones of my life. From drawer 1215, a ruby. So if this is to be permanent. So, like, these are like time capsules. Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. They are. Um, and it's funny because they're hoping that they're going to get this ancient knowledge of these radiants. Yeah. And so far, the last two are like personal musings. The first one was, you know, I've always thought myself that I'm going to sacrifice myself to save people or yeah, in battle, as a stone but maybe lord. that's actually the coward's way out. And no. then this is the next one is kind of a record of this lady's family. So there goes my my theory. I was just thinking for a second that 
um, as a stone ward. Uh, but stone ward has been mentioned so far in the archive. They have in words of radiance. Yeah. Um, when Shalon was reading the book Words of Radiance, there was an epigraph at the very least for each of the ten orders. So there was a little blurb that we found out something about the Stone Wards. Okay. We don't we don't actually have a character in our little group in our band here mm-hmm. that is a Stone Ward yet. So right. we don't really know anything about their spren. We don't really know anything about them. Malada, remember, is a Dustbringer. And Sorry, Nate, I'm, fl- I'm flipping ahead. That's no, no, don't flip ahead. It's what I, I stop flipping. I always look at how many pages. You do. You always flip. I'm a flipper. Do you like flip and then look at names to see if you know who the, the... occasionally? Whoa! Occasionally, that's I, not cool. That's not. That's not. That's nothing. I'm re- I might read like, oh, okay, in Bondsmith, there's Dalinar's name. Right? Yeah, I guess it's not that bad. I guess. I mean, we are torturing you pretty bad with yeah, this series. Yeah, so. you are. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll relent. You'll you relent. You back off. But just okay. don't read ahead. Is all. I'm, no, no, no. Okay. I never. I never do that. Never. Okay. Um. Okay, so what I was just about to, about to say, which mm-hmm. because because this is about someone's husband, he was a good man. About um, Kamakura and Molinar, the gemstones of my life. I'm guessing children. Um, yeah, it's that's what it says of my husband and children. I was just thinking that these were like records or accounts from another another time, right? Because it's a time capsule. This could be from another time, another another place. It definitely well definitely is. Well, stone wards are a part of this world on Roshar. Right. right. But they also were a part of four and a half thousand years ago. Right, but still on Roshar. Still on Roshar. Right, okay. Right, so they're not from another world, but they're right. definitely from another time. Sure, yeah. Which, right. we've talked about, it is almost like a whole other world. Sure it is. I mean, right? you're, 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 you're basically reading... It would be the equivalent of us reading direct accounts from uh, ancient Mycenaeans. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or ancient Greeks, or whatever, yeah. you know, or you know, which we can do. Well, I, I, I can't speak intelligently about w- what we have in terms of, of of that, but this, I would say, this would be sort of similar. Yeah. to us on Earth, even that. longer time ago, right? Yeah, right. Because like right. it's like you know, add an extra hmm. thousand and a half years or whatever. Okay. Um, okay, so let's let's dive into Bondsmith then. Mm-hmm. The Temple of Shalash Fen said, gesturing as they entered. So, okay, we are with Queen Fen mm-hmm. giving the tour of the of her broken and battered city. Right, and we're entering the um, the Temple of Shalash, the Shalash. Herald of Beauty. Right. If you want and to flip actually to the front of the book, you'll see an actual image. You don't have this in your paperback, but these beautiful oh, images. Oh yeah, I don't have that. Yeah, you showed me this when we first came up to the to the to the camp here. Yeah. Yeah, this is really cool. Um what's with all the broken masks on the ground? I don't know. Beauty? I guess, yeah. The masks. Makes kinda of sense. Uh Shalash is uh, associated with Shalon? Yeah. Shalon. So illusions. the masks. Wow. This is quite the image. Well, Shalon, she's she's involved with Shalon in so much that Shalon quotes her like Ash's eyes and mm-hmm, Ash's eyes, all that kind of stuff, right? What's with this little uh, fl- looks like a floating gemstone beneath her ears? It looks like maybe their earrings. It does, but it looks like they're floating. Like there's nothing, and nothing attaching attached. them to the ears. Could be just the artist's yeah, uh, portrayal interpretation. Of yeah. I love the uh, the safe hand uh, safe hand covered, and this looks like crystal, like a crystal dress. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of patterns robes. 
Patterns? I don't picture pattern looking like this. No, but uh, in whenever Shalon was drawing pattern, yeah, in uh, words of uh, in way of kings, when she would see the, them, the the the, the cryptics around, yeah. they'd have these angular robes with these like kind of boxy. Yeah. I just it makes me think of it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so cool. this is it's this really is Shalash. Cool. Yeah, Shalash. So we're empty, a, a, well, entering the the temple of Shalash. Hubba hubba. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. To Dalinar, it looked much like the others that she'd shown them, a large space with a high-domed ceiling and massive braziers. Braziers. There's, <laughs> there's lots of bras around. There's lots of bras around. Uh, here, Ardens burned thousands of glyph wards for the people who supplicated the Almighty for mercy and aid. Smoke pooled in the dome before leaking out through holes in the roof like water through a sieve. Okay, so one... so. Ardents burned thousands of glyph wards for people because people have lost hope. Right. Like, so this is full on right now. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Um, nothing like disaster to bring people back into the uh, sway, let's say, of uh, yep. of uh, adherence to uh, higher powers. Mm-hmm. So, and maybe in that environment, that's a great environment with which people can be led and led astray. Yeah. Or to be taken advantage of. Right power vacuum right how many prayers have we burned Dalinar wondered uncomfortably to a god who is no longer there or is someone else receiving them instead there's a thought Mm -hmm. in the absence of honor is something else replaced we we know Odium sounds like Odium wants to replace honor right it, it's, it sounds that way. He doesn't want to replace honor. He wants he killed honor, and he also wants to kill cultivation, so that he's the only god entity on this, in on Roshar. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. Not, I don't know. I'm not buying it. Mm. Something about the whole thing doesn't seem right. Okay, how many prayers are burned? Or is someone else receiving them? Dalinar nodded politely as Fen recounted the ancient origin of the structure and listed some of the kings or queens who had been crowned here. She explained the significance of the elaborate design on the rear wall and led them around the sides to view the carvings. It was a pity to see several statues with the faces broken off. How had the storm gotten to them in here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how indeed. Right. So, the statues aren't broken. The faces are smashed. The faces are are smashed of the sta- of the statues in this area. Mm-hmm. So let me remind you of something. Sure. In the very first book, The Way of Kings, mm-hmm. there was an interlude, and it was taking place in Azir in the Bronze Palace, and a oh, lady, yeah, that. a lady and her two lackeys broke in and they started defacing art. Right, that's true. Right, right. Same characters? Could be. Riding the, the Everstorm? Oh, right. I'm not riding the Everstorm. They could have taken a boat. They could have... That was a long time ago. This is like two years ago in the, in the story, right? Yeah, but aren't they alluding to this damage being a part of the Everstorm here? No, that's what he's saying. Read that part again. Oh, okay. It's saying that Sorry. how had the storm gotten inside? And um, only broken these faces off. It was a pity to see... Several statues with the faces broken off. How had the storm gotten to them in here? Right. So Dalinar's thinking that, but 
that's probably because it wasn't the storm that did this. Right. Because the, the, the actual so, whole so statues would have Do you have the off. names of those characters? I don't. We had them. I We did have them. Um, yeah. I could, I could Google it. I could Google no, 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 it it's okay. We, we can... We can In uh, fact, uh, that'll be for the info dump. When they were done, she led them back outside into the royal ward, where the palanquins waited. Navani nudged him. What? He asked softly. Stop scowling. I'm not scowling. Yeah, but you're bored. I'm not scowling, he says. <laughs> she raised an eyebrow. Six temples, he asked. This city is practically rubble, and we're looking at temples? Ahead, Fen and her consort climbed into... So that seems... That tells a lot about Dalinar, too. Like, right. Like, here we are looking at temples. This doesn't matter. That's his conclusion. Right. Like, here you are burning your burning prayers and, and having all of your glyphs in order and all this attention and effort is being put into these temples. Right. This is not going to help you. Right. This is a mismanagement of resources. Yeah. I would run things very differently in the, in right. the reparation here. Right. But people run their things differently, right? Yeah. Okay, um, ahead, Fen and her consort climbed into their palanquin. So far, Kamakal's only part in the tour had been to stand behind Fen, and whenever she said something he thought significant, nod for her scribes to record it in the official histories. Kamakal didn't carry a sword. In Alvkar, that would indicate the man, at least one of his rank, was a shardbearer. But that was not the case here. Elena had only five blades and three suits of plate. Right. Each held by an ancient family line sworn to defend the throne. Couldn't Fen have taken him on a tour to see those shards instead? Oh, that's cool. And three suits of plate, each held by an ancient family line sworn to defend the, the throne. Mm-hmm. It's neat, right? Is Dalinar part of that? No, it's it's just people within Thalen City. Okay. Right? The blades and plate, the three suits of plate are held by an ancient family line that swore to defend yeah, the throne that's of cool. Thalen City. Yeah. yeah. I was just thinking, like, I've been been wanting to, I want Oathbringer back. Yeah, I know. I want the sword. That's what's missing. Fight, uh, you're going to have to fight Amaram, uh, I know. Meredith Amaram Sadius. He's the head of House Sadius now. And I don't even want to fight. I don't give it back to them. I don't even want to fight him for it. I want him to be useless without it. Just have him have it stolen. Right. I just want it. Well, if someone steals it, he can just call it right back. Because I'm sure he's bonded it by now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Work. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't work. You're, yeah, you're ruining talking, everything, yeah. Sean. Yeah. I know. <laughs> trying to think of ways we can get it. No. I, th I was just thinking it'd be great if, um, in a time of need, like Thalen City needs something. I just thought it would be really cool if, like, they don't want to reach out to the Blackthorn, but there could have been a character, even including Dalinar, that it would be like, we call on this ancient oath you made mm -hmm. to protect us. Right. Um, to help us. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I was, I was trying to think in my mind, is there a way to get Oathbringer in, in that sort of vein? But I don't think there is no. in, in my crazy theories. Yeah, they, okay. they, the people who are have that ancient oath are yeah, um, houses of Thalen. Of Thalen itself, yeah. yeah. Um... Couldn't Fen have taken him on a tour to see those shards instead? Oh. Mm-hmm. See, that's a little suspicious for me. Right? 
Dalinar, mm-hmm. asking where the most powerful things are in Thalen City. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, it doesn't. It's not really indicative of nope. of anything, but it's but it's there. But it's right. It's who he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Scowling, Navani says, "It's what they expect of me." <laughs> so Dalinar's playing the character of himself, right? And nodding. Uh, sorry, Dalinar said, nodding toward the Thalen officers and scribes near the front. One group of soldiers, in particular, had watched Dalinar with keen interest. Perhaps this tour's true intent was to give those light eyes a chance to study him. Hmm. The palanquin he shared with Navani was scented like rock blood blossoms. The progression from temple to temple, Navani said softly as their bearers lifted the palanquin, is traditional in Thalen City. Visiting all ten allows a survey of the royal ward and is a not-so-subtle reinforcement of the throne's Vorin piety. Mm-hmm. They've had trouble with the church in the past. Dalinar says, I sympathize. Do you think if I explain I'm a heretic too, she'll stop with all the pomp? Navani leaned forward in the small palanquin, putting her free hand on his knee. Dear one, if this kind of thing irks you so, we could send a diplomat. I am a diplomat. <laughs> He says, Dalinar. This is my duty now, Navani. I have to do my duty. Every time I've ignored it in the past, something terrible has happened. He shook her hands in his. I complain because I can be unguarded with you. I'll keep the scowling to a minimum, I promise. I can be unguarded. Yep. With you, Navani. Yeah, unguarded means also unpantsed. It could mean un uh, could be, dis- dispensed. Yeah. They're like walking by the Temple of Shalash, and they're like, oh, you guys got a lot of alcoves in here. <laughs> As their porters skillfully carried them up some steps, Dalinar watched out the palanquin window, and this upper section of the city had weathered the storm well enough, as many of the structures here were of thick stone. Still some had cracked, and a few roofs had fallen in. The palanquin passed a fallen statue which had broken off at the ankles and toppled from a ledge toward the loft wards. This city was hit harder than any I've had a report about, he thought. Right. This level of destruction is unique. Is it just all that wood and the lack of anything to blunt the storm, or is it more? Some reports of the Everstorm mentioned no winds, only lightning. Mm-hmm. Others confusingly reported no rain, but burning embers. The Everstorm varied greatly, even within the same passing. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, and from here to the other side of the lake here, it could change. It could have lightning and rain, and then all of a sudden it doesn't have lightning and rain anymore. Yeah. It has strong gusts of wind and burning embers. Yeah. Like a, a storm that is hell itself. The embers thing is so cool, man. Yeah, it's it's pretty. It's this is pretty neat. It's like a Sharknado, but with with like winds, a volcano. Winds. It's 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 very elemental here. Almost yeah. if, if we had the water element in here, mm-hmm. you've got crazy winds. You've got fire. You've got lightning. Yeah, it's almost like Tiamat. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, maybe there's a dragon inside doing all those things. Maybe there's a dragon inside doing all these things. Yeah, no. but I, you know what's amazing is that. 
we talked earlier about how these people were ready for high storms, not for uh, at the Everstorm. The Everstorm is going in the wrong direction, but not only that, it's changing itself as it passes. Yeah, and so it hits half the city with lightning yeah. and wind, and then the other half with em- burning embers. Who makes those decisions? Is it wh- whimsy or is it uh, conscious? <laughs> it's, I'm serious. It's on like an auto auto mode. It just automatically. It's no, on I'm, I'm autopilot. Just... What do you mean autopilot? Like the Everstorm set on autopilot, and it's just like a it's on just a shuffle ra- playlist. Yeah, just shuffle pick, playlist. Yeah, yeah, just pick. Well, that's what I mean. Like either it's shuffle play, or or someone is making decisions. Right. Maybe Odium. Right. Right. Okay. Um, others confusingly reported no rain, even within the same passing. It's probably comforting for Fen to do something familiar. Navani told him, quietly, as the porters set them down at the next stop. This tour is a reminder of days before the city suffered such terrors. Dalinar nodded. With that in mind, it was easier to bear the thought of yet another temple. Outside, they found Fen emerging from her palanquin, the Temple of Batah, one of the oldest in the city. But of course, the greatest sight here is the simulacrum of Paralat, the grand statue that she trailed off, and Dalinar followed her gaze to the stone feet of the statue nearby. Oh, right, she says. Well, let's see the temple, Dalinar urged. You said it's one of the oldest. Which are older? Only Ishi's temple is more ancient, she said. But we won't linger there or here. We won't, Dalinar asks, noticing the lack of prayers smoke from this roof. Is the structure damaged? The structure... No, not the structure. Uh-huh. A pair of tired ardents emerged and walked down the steps. Their robes were stained with flecks of red. Dalinar looked to Fen. Do you mind if I go up anyway? If you wish. As Dalinar climbed the steps with Navani, he caught a scent on the wind. The scent of blood, which reminded him of battle. At the top, the sight inside the doors of the temple was a familiar one. Hundreds of wounded covered the marble floor, lying on simple pallets, pain spread reaching out like orange sinew, hands between them. We had to improvise, Fen said, stepping up behind him in the doorway, after our traditional hospitals filled. There's so many, Ivani said, safe hand to her mouth. Can't some be sent home to heal to their families? Dalinar read the answers in this suffering people. Some were waiting to die. They'd bled internally or had rampant infections, marked by tiny red rot spren on their skin. Others had no homes left, evidenced by their families that huddled around a wounded mother, father, or child. Storms, Dalinar felt, almost ashamed at how well his people had weathered the Everstorm. When, when he eventually turned to go, he almost ran into Teravangian, who haunted the doorway like a spirit. Frail, draped in soft robes, the aged monarch was weeping only as he regarded the people in the temple. So we have our kind Teravangian, it would, it kind, would appear on right now. And he's weeping at the sight. Right. Please, he said, please, my surgeons are in Vidinar. An easy trip through the oath gates. Let me bring them. Let me ease this suffering. Fen pursed her lips to a thin line. She'd agreed to meet 
That didn't make her a part of Dalinar's proposed coalition. Mm -hmm. But what could she say to a plea like that? Your help would be appreciated, she said. And she just invited the vampire in. Yeah, she really did. She just did, right there. Because the last time we saw Teravangian in a room full of dying people, he yeah. was bleeding them out, out to get prophecies out of them right. to be able to like, make sure the diagram was right. Dalinar suppressed a smile. She'd conceded one step by letting them activate the Oathgate. This was another one. Teravangian, you are a gem. Oh, you are a gem. Hmm. Lend, yeah. lend me a scribe and span read, Teravangian said. I will have my radiant bring aid immediately. Fen gave the necessary orders, her consort nodding for the words to be recorded. As they walked back toward the palanquins, Teravangian lingered on the steps, looking out over the city. Your Majesty? Dalinar asked, pausing. I can see my home in this bright lord. He put a trembling hand against the wall of the temple for support. I blink bleary eyes, and I see Carbranth destroyed in war, and I ask, what must I do to preserve them? We will protect them, Teravangian, I vow it. Yes, yes, I believe you, Blackthorn. He took a long, drawn-out breath and seemed to wilt further. I think... I think I shall remain here and await my surgeons. Please go on. So he's staying behind to wait for his surgeons so that maybe they could record the dying breaths of these people. Right. But we do know that... Um, that the, the, the death rattles only happen within a certain radius of the unmade known as uh, Moloch. Oh, yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, yeah. And that they were they were recording them in Yaakoved. Remember, in, uh, Taravanchian was in Yaakoved when he went and got the, the, pretty much got the country yeah. under his belt. And he had said that the unmade known as Moloch had moved away and so they stopped getting death rattles here in Yaakoved. So, right, it was useless, but now... So there might not be death rattles at all here in, in Thalen. But in test and find out. Yeah, right, yeah, well, that's yeah, what he's yeah, going to yeah, do, right? Yeah. yeah. See, that's the thing. Like, even this kinder, gentler Teravangian... You can't trust him. No, you can't no. at all. No, exactly. Yeah, it's just brutal. It's great, man. It's such a great scene. Teravangian sat down on the steps as the rest of them walked away. At his palanquin, Dalinar looked back... Uh, and saw the old man sitting there, hands clasped before himself, liver-spotted head bowed, uh, uh, bowed, almost in the attitude of one kneeling before a burning prayer. Fen yeah, except his prayer is that he'll get these death rattles and get more information. Right. That's, that's what he's really hoping Confirm for. Confirm more of the diagram. It's so funny how perspective is just... You know, like Dalinar turns to look back at the old man, and the old man's like this. Hmm. And he's all like, hmm. Yeah. Like, it looks like he's wanting to do good for the people in there. Right. But he's not. Yeah. It's something completely different. Yeah. That's it's so great. Yeah, it's really great. Um, okay, Fen stepped up beside Dalinar. The white ringlets of her eyebrows shook in the wind. He is far more than people think of him, even after his accident. I've often said it. Dalinar nodded. But, Fen continued, he acts as if this city is a burial ground. 
That is not the case. We will rebuild from stone. My engineers plan to put walls on the front of each ward. We'll get our feet underneath us again. We just have to get ahead of the storm. It's the sudden loss of labor that really has crippled us. Mm-hmm. Our parchment, my armies could do much to help clear the rubble, move the stones, and rebuild, Dalinar said. Simply give the word, and you will have access to thousands of willing hands. Fenn said nothing, though Dalinar caught muttered words from the young soldiers and attendants waiting beside the palanquins. Dalinar let his attention linger on them, picking out one in particular. A tall for a Thalen young man had blue eyes with eyebrows combed and starched straight back alongside his head. His crisp uniform was naturally cut in the Thalen style with a shorter jacket that buttoned tight across the upper chest. That will be her son, Dalinar thought, Mm -hmm. studying the young man's features. By Thalen tradition, he would be merely another officer, not the heir. The monarchy of the kingdom was not a hereditary position. Heir or not, this young man was important. He whispered something jeering, and the others nodded, muttering and glaring at Dalinar. So it sounds like the leader of Thalina is, like, elected. Yeah. It's not it's hereditary. It's not hereditary. Yeah. 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 So that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. And so Fen's son largely gets to try to be a regular person. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have the weight of responsibility no. thrust upon him from birth. Right. Like, I mean, we know, I mean, not to speak ill of the the system in England with the royals, but like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the weight of expectations from birth is horrible for these people. And so this guy, the Fen's son, at the very least, he gets to be a regular soldier in a regular army yep. and just live his life, right? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of neat. Um, air or not, this young man was important. Navani nudged Dalinar and gave him a questioning look. Later he mouthed and then turned to Queen Fen. So the Temple of Ishi is full of wounded as well? Yes. Perhaps we can skip that. I wouldn't mind seeing the lower wards of the city, Dalinar said. Perhaps the Grand Bazaar I've heard so much about? Navani winced, and Fen grew stiff. It was by the docks then, was it? Dalinar said, looking out at the rubble-filled plain before the city. He'd assumed that it would have been in the ancient ward, the central part of the city. Mm-hmm. He should have paid better attention to those maps, apparently. Mm-hmm. I have refreshments set up in the courtyard of Talenalat, Fen said. It was to be the last stop on our tour. Shall we go directly there now? Dalinar nodded, and they reboarded the palanquins. Inside, he leaned forward and spoke softly to Navani. Queen Fen is not an absolute authority. Even your brother wasn't absolutely powerful. But the Thalen monarch is worse. The councils of merchants and naval officers pick the new monarch, after all. They have great influence in the city. Yes. Where are you going with this? It means that she can't accede to my requests on her own, Dalinar said. Mm -hmm. She can can never agree to military aid as long as elements in the city believe that I'm bent on domination. He found some nuts in an armrest count compartment and began munching on them. We don't have time for a drawn-out political thaw, Navani said, waving for him to hand her some nuts. Tishav might have family in the city that she can lean on. We could try that. Or I have an idea budding. Does it involve punching someone? He nodded, <laughs> to which she, th- she sighed. They're waiting for a spectacle, Dalinar said. They want to see what the Blackthorn will do. 
Queen Fen, she was the same way in the visions. She didn't open up to me until I gave her my honest face. Your honest face doesn't have to be that of a killer, Dalinar. I'm not trying... I'll, I'll not try to kill anyone, he said. I just need to give them a lesson. A display. A lesson. A display. Those words caught in his mind, and he found himself reaching back through his memories towards something still fuzzy and undef undefined. Something... Something to do with the rift. And with Sadius. The memory darted away just beneath the surface of his awareness. His subconscious shied from it, and he flinched like he'd been slapped. In that direction, it in that direction was pain. From the rift. So the rift is where they went and he went in one Oathbringer. Yeah. We thought he killed the little boy who was the heir of the right. rift. He didn't. That's and we right. We found out years later from Gavilar that the young boy who was the heir to the Rift had grown up now and he was leading people in a rebellion against Gavilar's country. And so Dalinar was sent to deal with the Herdazians and the Yakavedi, uh, the, the, the Vadens, as a show of force to show all the High Princes that we're st we still mean business and the, uh, the Blackthorn is still on the loose, so behave yourselves. Right. So the Rift seems to be like it could be a problem again and Dalinar doesn't is only kind of sort of remembering this right and we've definitely not read about what he's remembering enough about it yeah right. or at whatever this is something to do with Sadius right he has no like we've not read anything about that yet Dalinar Navanius said I suppose it's possible you're right perhaps the people seeing you be polite and calm is actually bad for our message more scowls, then? She sighed. More scowls. He grinned. Or a grin, she added. From you, one of those can be more disturbing. <laughs> the courtyard of Telenalat was a large stone square dedicated to stone sinew, herald of soldiers. Atop a set of steps was the temple itself, but they didn't get a chance to look inside, for the main entrance had collapsed. A large rectangular stone block that had once spanned the top of the doorway rested wedged downward inside of it. Beautiful reliefs covered the walls of the outside, depicting the herald to Lanilat, standing his ground alone against a tide of Voidbringers. Unfortunately, these had cracked in hundreds of places. A large black scorch at the top of the wall showed where the strange Everstorm lightning had blasted the building. Mm -hmm. None of the other temples had fared this poorly. It was as if Odium had a grudge against this one in particular. Telenalat, Delinar thought. He was the one they abandoned. The one I lost. I have some business to attend to, Fen said. With trade in the city disrupted so seriously, I have much to offer as victuals. Some nuts and fruit, some salted fish. We've laid them out for you to enjoy. I'll return later so we can conference. In the meantime, my attendants will see to your needs. Thank you, Dalinar said. They both knew she was making him wait on purpose. It wouldn't be long, maybe a half hour. Mm -hmm. Not enough to be an insult, but enough to establish that she was still the authority here, no matter how powerful he was. 
Even though he wanted some time with her people, he found himself annoyed at the gamemanship of it. Fen and her consort withdrew, leaving most of the rest behind to enjoy the repast. Dalinar instead decided to pick a fight. So, so she, he, yeah. she's playing a little politics here. With yeah. Him. She's going to make him wait. Make him wait. Make yeah. him seem he's like he's not actually that important. I've got other things I have to attend to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he and, knows and the truth, and she knows he probably knows the truth. Right. But she has to tr- try to make a display of it anyways. And in her absence, he's going to pick a fight. Mm-hmm. Right. Dalinar instead decided to pick a fight. Fen's son would do. He did appear the most critical among those talking. I don't want to seem the aggressor, Dalinar thought, positioning himself close to the young man, and I should pretend I haven't guessed who he is. The temples were nice, Navani said, joining him, but you didn't enjoy them, did you? You wish to see something more militaristic? An excellent opening. You're right, he said. You there, Captain Lord. I'm not one for dallying. Show me the city's wall. That is something of real interest. Are you serious? Fen's son said in Thalen accented Lethe, words all mashed together. Always is uh, Dalinar's response. Yeah. yeah, I'm always serious. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What? Are your armies in such bad shape that you'd be embarrassed to let me see them? I'm not going to let an enemy general inspect our defenses. I'm not your enemy, son. I'm not your son, tyrant. Oh. I'm not your son, tyrant. Right. Right back at him. Yeah. So he calls him son. He calls him tyrant. Yeah, they're about to do... Co- Dalinar's about to pick a fight. Yeah. Uh, and this is like the social combat yeah. version of it in like an RPG or whatever. Dalinar made a big show of looking resigned. You've been shadowing me this entire day, soldier, speaking words that I've chosen not to hear. You're close to a line that, if crossed, will earn a response. The young man paused, showing some measure of restraint. Hmm. He weighed what he was getting himself into and decided that the risk was worth the reward. Humiliate the Blackthorn here, and maybe he could save his city, at least as he saw it. I regret only, the man snapped, that I didn't speak loudly enough for you to hear the insults, despot. Dalinar sighed loudly, and then began unbuttoning his uniform jacket, leaving himself in the snug undershirt. No shards, the young man said. Long swords. As you wish. Fen's son didn't have shards. Though he could have borrowed them if Dalinar insisted, Dalinar preferred this anyway. Mm-hmm. The man covered his nervousness by demanding one of his attendants use a rock to drink a ring to draw a ring on the ground. Rial and Dalinar's guards approached, anticipation spread whipping nervously at their wakes or in their wakes. Dalinar waved them back. Don't hurt him, Navani whispered. She hesitated, but don't lose either. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to hurt him, Dalinar said, handing her his jacket. I can't promise the part about losing. She didn't see, but of course she didn't. He couldn't simply beat this man up. All that would do was prove to the rest of them that Dalinar was a bully. He strode to the ring and paced it off to memorize how many steps he could take without being forced out. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, I said long swords, the young man said, weapon in, my, weapon in hand. Where is your sword? We'll do this by alternating advantage. Three minutes, Dalinar said. Mm -hmm. To first blood. You may lead off. The young man froze. Alternating advantage. The youth would have three minutes armed against Dalinar unarmed. If Dalinar survived without being bloodied or leaving the ring, 
he'd have three minutes against his opponent in the reverse. Dalinar armed, and the young man armed. It was a ridiculous imbalance, usually only seen in sparring practice when men trained for situations where they might be unarmed against an armed foe. And then you'd never use real weapons. I, the young man said, I'll switch to a knife. No need. Longsword is fine, Dalinar says. <laughs> so he's trying to retract yeah. because he's like, oh, I'm going to have a longsword for a bit, but yeah. then I'm going to be without a longsword and Dalinar Colin's going to have a longsword. Can we do knives instead? Right. It's less deadly. Yeah. The young man gaped at Dalinar. Songs and stories told of the heroic unarmed man facing down many armed opponents, but in truth, fighting a single-armed foe was incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. Fenn's son shrugged. As much as I'd love to be known as the man who bested the Blackthorn, or even, or on even terms, he said, I'll take an unfair fight. But have your men here swear an oath that if this goes poorly for you, I'll not be named an assassin? You yourself set these terms. Done, Dalinar said, looking to Riel and the others, who saluted and said the words. Yeah. A Thalen scribe stood to witness the bout. She counted off the start, and the young man came for Dalinar immediately, swinging like he meant it. Good. If you were going to agree to a fight like this, you shouldn't hesitate. Dalinar dodged, and then dropped into a wrestling stance, though he didn't intend to get close enough to try for a hold. As the scribe counted off the time, Dalinar continued to dodge attacks, hovering around the outside of the ring, careful not to step over the line. Fen's son, though aggressive, displayed some innate wariness. The young man probably could have forced Dalinar out, but he kept testing instead. He came in again, and Dalinar scrambled away from the flashing sword. The young man grew concerned and frustrated. Perhaps if it had been cloudy, he would have seen the faint glow of the stormlight Dalinar was holding. Mm-hmm. Oh, the faint glow of the stormlight Dalinar was right. holding. So Dalinar's got a little bit of stormlight in him. Yeah. So it's making him, you know, we, we know what it, what that does. Makes yeah. a little bit faster, a yeah. little bit stronger, a little more endurance. So yeah. he's cheating a little bit here. He is. But will anybody else notice? No. Well, no one will notice right now. He won't. They won't notice how much he's glowing right now. Right. Because he's only t- got it a little bit in. Right. Um... As the countdown drew near the end, the young man grew more frantic. He knew what was coming. Three minutes alone in a ring, unarmed against the Blackthorn. The attacks strayed from hesitant to determined to desperate. Mm-hmm. All right, Dalinar thought, just about now. The countdown hit ten. And the young man came at him with a last-ditch, all-out assault. Dalinar stood up, relaxed and held his hands to the sides so that the audience could see him intentionally fail to dodge. Then he stepped into the young man's thrust. The long sword hit him right in the chest, just to the left of his heart. Dalinar grunted at the impact and the pain, but managed to take the sword in a way that it missed the spine. Blood filled one of his lungs, and Stormlight rushed to heal him. The young man looked aghast, as if desperate, as if despite everything, he hadn't expected or wanted to land such a decisive blow. Or wanted to. Right. The pain faded. Dalinar coughed, spat blood to the side, and then took the young man's hand by the wrist, shoving the sword farther through his chest. <laughs> Jeez. The young man released the sword hilt and scram- scrambled backward, eyes bulging. 
That was a good thrust, Eleanor said, voice watery and ragged. I could see how worried you were at the end. Others might have let them for others might have let their form suffer. The Queen's son dropped to his knees, staring up as Dalinar stepped closer and loomed over him. Blood seeped around the wound, staining his shirt until the stormlight finally had time to heal the external cuts. Dalinar drew in enough that he glowed even in the daylight. So there you go. So now he's glowing. Yeah. He wasn't glowing before, yeah. but now he's trying to heal himself. And so now he's glowing. The courtyard had grown silent. Scribes held their mouths aghast. Soldiers put hands on swords, shock spren, like yellow triangles shattering around them. Navani shared a sly smile with him, arms folded. <laughs> Dalinar took the sword by the hilt and slid it from his chest. Stormlight rushed to heal the wound. To his credit, the young man stood up and stammered, It's your turn, Blackthorn. I'm ready. No, you blooded me, but you let me. Dalinar took off his shirt and tossed it at the youth. Give me your shirt and we'll call it even. <laughs> the youth caught the bloody shirt and then looked up at Dalinar in befuddlement. I don't want your life, son, Dalinar said. I don't want your city or your kingdom. If I'd wanted to conquer Thelena, I wouldn't offer you a smiling face and promises of peace. You should know that much from my reputation. He turned to the watching officers, light eyes and scribes. He'd accomplished his goal. They were in awe of him, afraid. He had them in his hand. It was shocking then to feel his own sudden, stark displeasure. Hmm. For some reason, those frightened faces hit him harder than the sword had. Because he doesn't want that anymore. No, he doesn't want to be the Blackthorn. But he needs to put on the mask right, right. now to show everyone, yeah, right. be afraid of me. Yeah, yeah. But then inside he's like, I don't want this. I don't want this. Yeah. Angry and ashamed for a reason he still didn't understand, he turned and strode away up the steps from the courtyard toward the temple above. He waved away Navani when she came to speak with him. Alone. He needed a moment alone. Mm-hmm. He climbed to the temple and then turned and sat down on the steps, putting his back against the stone block that had fallen into the doorway. The Stormfather rumbled in the back of his mind, and beyond that sound was disappointment. Uh What had he just accomplished? He said he didn't want to conquer this people, but what story did his actions tell? I'm stronger than you, they said. I don't need to fight you. I could crush you without exerting myself. Was that what it should feel like to have the Knights Radiant come to your city? I love that line. Don't you love that? Yeah, I love it. Is this how a Knight Radiant is supposed to conduct themselves? Yeah. 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 What's that Radiohead song? Um, I think it's Hail to the Thief. Yeah. We could could wipe you out any time. Yeah. What? I don't remember the song. The it's a two plus two plus five. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. And that's the record they have alternate titles for each song. Yeah. So yeah, it's a little confusing. Thanks for your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Was that what it should feel like to have the Knights Radiant come to your city? We could crush you. Do as we say, or we could crush you. Dalinar felt the twisting nausea deep in his gut. He'd performed. Stunts like this dozens of times throughout his life. 
from recruiting Taleb back in his youth to bullying Elokar and just accepting that Dalinar wasn't trying to kill him, to more recently forcing Kadash to fight him in the practice chamber. Below, people gathered around Fen's son, talking animatedly. The young man rubbed his chest as if he'd been the one who'd been struck. In the back of Dalinar's mind, he heard that same insistent voice, the one he'd heard from the beginning of the visions. Unite them. I'm trying, Dalinar whispered. <coughs> Why couldn't he ever convince anyone peacefully? Why couldn't he get people to listen without fist, without first pounding them bloody? Or conversely, shocking them with his own wounds? He sighed, leaning back and resting his head against the stones of the broken temple. Unite us, please. Well, that was a different voice. A hundred of them overlapping, making the same plea, so quiet he could barely hear them. He closed his eyes, trying to pick out the source of those voices. Stone? Yes, he had a sensation of chunks of stone in pain. Dalinar started. He was hearing the spren of the temple itself. These temple walls had existed as a single unit for centuries. Now the pieces, cracked and ruined, hurt. They still viewed themselves as a beautiful set of carvings, not a ruined façade with fallen chunks scattered about. They longed to again be a single entity, unmarred. Do you understand? I think so. It's like I am stick. Yeah, I am stick. Right? In the Shadesmar, they have a personality. These in, yeah. innate objects have personality. They have sentience almost. Mm -hmm. I am stick. And wow. Dalinar is hearing hundreds of pieces yeah. of this of the temple. temple yeah. saying, unite right. us, please. please. Yeah, like begging. Because they're broken apart and they've never been apart so funny how you know that whole line of unitis could have something to do with the inanimate not even anything to do with the radiance how many times have you been like and i've been this is the unite us this is the unite them this is the unite them yeah it, it always keeps coming it's back. over and over there's always it, it another there's always another unite them yeah that's right um wow that's really cool the spread of the temple cried with many voices like men weeping over their broken bodies on a battlefield Storms, does everything I imagine have to be about destruction? About dying, broken bodies, smoke in the air, and blood on the, on the stones? The warmth inside of him said that it did not. He stood and turned, full of stormlight, and seized the fallen stone that blocked the doorway. Straining, he shifted the block until he could slip in, squatting, and press his shoulder against it. He took a deep breath and then heaved upward, Stone ground stone as he lifted the block toward the top of the doorway. He got it high enough, then positioned his hands immediately over his head. With a final push, shouting, he pressed with legs, back and arms together, shoving the blocks upward and with everything he had. Stormlight raged inside of him, and his joints popped and then healed as he inched the stone back into place above the doorway. He could feel the temple urging him onward, it wanted so badly to be whole again. Dalinar drew in more stormlight, as much as he could hold, draining every gemstone he'd brought. Sweat streaming across his face, he got the block close enough that it felt right again. Power flooded through his arms into it, then seeped across the stones. The carvings popped back together. 
the stone lintel in his hands, lifted and settled into place. Light filled the cracks in the stones and knit them back together, and glory spread burst around Dalinar's head. When the glow faded, the front wall of the majestic temple, including the doorway and the cracked reliefs, had been restored. Dalinar faced it, shirtless and coated in sweat, feeling twenty years younger. No, the man he'd been twenty years ago could never have done this. Bondsmith. A hand touched his arm. Navani's soft fingers. Dalinar, what did you do? I listened. The power was good for far, far more than breaking. We've been ignoring that. We've been ignoring answers right in front of our eyes. He looked back over his shoulder at the crowd climbing the steps gathering around. You, Dalinar said to a scribe. You're the one who wrote to Urthiro and sent for Teravangi insurgents? Y yes, Bright Lord, she said. Write again and send for my son, Renarin. Wow. So, um, so that's the end of the uh, uh, the POV, uh, the, the scene, the right? The scene, yeah, at least, yeah. So, yeah, let's take a second here. And um, f when I listened to it on Audible uh, earlier last week when I was making notes, the way that the uh, Michael Kramer reads it, he reads as in, um, what? send for my son, Renarin. Yeah. And he pauses for a slight second there. Yeah. And inside it feels like he's going to say, Adolin. Right. Because he always sends for his son, Adolin. Adolin's the firstborn. Yeah. He's the heir. He's the duelist. Yeah. He's the important one. I'm putting yeah, the yeah, air quotes yeah. up here. Yeah. But in this moment, there is someone who can do something here in this city. Yeah. You know, these powers are f better. They're for m far more than breaking. And we know Renarin has the ability to heal. Yeah. Send for my son, Renarin. Renarin, yeah. Dude, look. I know. I'm showing Jack my arm yeah, right now. I so got great. goosebumps, man. <laughs> I love it so much. That's pretty great. I love this Bondsmith. Yeah. Like, it's Bondsmith. Like, it's like he's realizing what he is. Yeah. Making it, connections. Yeah. making con Well, making things better. You know what he is? He's taken the uh, cantrip mend and he's yeah. turned it into a ninth uh, level spell. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing, <laughs> yeah. dude. It's really great. Yeah. Okay, let's finish this up. Yeah, it's almost done. Queen Fen found him in the courtyard of the Temple of Bata, the one with the large broken statue. Her son was now wearing Dalinar's bloodied shirt tied around his waist like some kind of girdle, led a crew of ten men with ropes. They'd just gotten the hips of the statue settled back into place and Dalinar drained stormlight from borrowed spheres sealing the stone together. I think I found the left arm. A man called from below, where the bulk of the statue had toppled through the roof of a mansion. Dalinar's team of soldiers and light eyes whooped and rushed down the steps. I did not expect to find the Blackthorn shirtless, Queen Fen said, and playing sculptor? I can only fix inanimate things, Dalinar said, wiping his hands on a rag tied at his waist, exhausted. Mm -hmm. Using this much stormlight was a new experience for him and quite draining. Right. My son does the more important work. A small family left the temple above. Judging by the father's tentative steps, supported by his sons, it seemed the man had broken a leg or two in the most recent storm. The burly man gestured for his sons to step back, took a few steps on his own, and then, his eyes wide, did a short skip. Dalinar knew that feeling, the lingering effects of stormlight, 
I should have seen it earlier. I should have sent for him the moment I saw those wounded. I'm a fool. Dalinar shook his head. Renarin has the ability to heal. He is new to his powers, as I am to mine, and can best heal those who were recently wounded. I wonder if it's similar to what I'm doing. Once the soul grows accustomed to the wound, it's much harder to fix. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Once the soul... How was it put? Once the soul grows accustomed to the wound, mm-hmm. it's harder to fit. Yeah. Interesting. I think you could say that about psychological wounds yeah. too, right? Yeah. Well, one of the things I like to think about with this this end of this chapter here mm-hmm. is Teravangian sends for his surgeons. Yeah. They show up. Right. They start doing their work. I was just going to... And then guess who comes along? Right. In the interlude we just read with Teravangian, he said... I don't know what's up with that Renarin boy. Right. He's like this, like, um, blank spot for them. Yeah. And he's a blank spot for us, too. So then Renarin comes along, and if if they're able to collect death rattles in this moment, they have to stop. Also, right. Renarin is actually doing the work that Teravangian and his surgeons are supposed to do, right. which is healing them. Right. So it really puts Renarin in danger. A little bit, yeah. Is what it does. Because mm-hmm. Teravangian is not going to tolerate this son of the Blackthorns who's <laughs> all of a sudden healing everyone. Right. We, we know that this is the kindly version of Teravangian, wow. right? So he's all like, you know, like, oh, it's so nice that you're healing. But the next day, he'll yeah. wake up and the smart version will be back and he'll go, yeah. that fucking kid, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he came he's in and healed all those people. I know. I don't, this is, this is not good for Renarin. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, playing sculptor, where was I? Um, Dalinar knew the feeling, the lingering effects. Small family left, right. Um, short skip. Soul grows accustomed to the wound. It's much harder to fit. Mm-hmm. So much harder to fix. A single offspring burst around Fen as the family approached, bowing and speaking in Thalen, the father grinning like a fool. For a moment, Dalinar felt he could almost understand what they were saying, as if a part of him were stretching to bond to the man. A curious experience, one he didn't quite know how to interpret. Wow, Bondsmith, like, you could, you could, it's like, Dalinar's so empathic, it's almost like he could understand Thalen. Yeah, he doesn't, but he feels yeah. like he could. Yeah. If he figured, he might have to play with that a little bit, but it yeah. looks, feels like to Dalinar, like maybe if he bonds to someone somehow yeah. he might be able to understand their yeah. language speak their language yeah. isn't that cool definitely when they left Dalinar turned to the queen I don't know how long Renarin will hold out and I don't know how many of those wounds will be new enough for him to fix but it is something we could do men called out below heaving a stone arm out through the window of the mansion I see you've charmed Kadrok as well Fen noted her son He's a good lad, Dalinar said. He was determined to find a way to duel you. I hear you gave him that. You're going to roll over this whole city, charming each person in turn, aren't you? Hopefully not. That sounds like it would take a lot of time. A young man came running down from the temple, holding a child with floppy hair who, though his clothing was torn and dusty, was smiling with a broad grin. The youth bowed to the queen and thanked Dalinar in broken Alethi, Renarn kept blaming the healings on him. Fen watched them go with an unreadable expression on her face. I need your help, Fen, Dalinar whispered. 
I find it hard to believe you need anything, considering what you've done today. Mm -hmm. bears can't hold ground. She looked at him, frowning. Sorry, that's a military maxim. It... Never mind. Fen, I have radiance, yes, but they, no matter how powerful, won't win this war. More importantly, I can't see what I'm missing. That's why I need you. I think, like an Alethi, as do most of my advisors, we consider the war, the conflict, but miss important facts. When I first learned of Renarin's powers, I thought only of restoring people on the battlefield to continue the fight. I need you. And I need the Azish. I need a coalition of leaders who see what I don't, because we're facing an enemy that doesn't think like any we've faced before. He bowed his head to her. Please, join me, Fen. I've already opened that gate, and I'm talking to the councils about giving aid to your war effort. Isn't that what you wanted? Not close, Fen. I want you to join me. The difference is, the distinction between referring to it as your war and our war. You're relentless, she says. She took a deep breath, then cut him off as he tried to object. I suppose that is what we need right now. All right, Blackthorn, you, me, Teravangian, the first real United Vorn coalition the world has seen since the hierocracy. It's unfortunate that two of us lead kingdoms that are in ruin. Three, Dalinar said with a grunt. Kolinar is besieged by the enemy. I've sent for help for now, but for now, Alvkar is an, un is an occupied kingdom. Wonderful. Well, I think I can persuade the factions in my city to let your troops come and help here. If everything goes well with that, I will write to the Prince of Azir. Maybe that will help. I'm certain it will. Now that you've joined, the Azish Oathgate is the most essential to our cause. Well, they're going to be tricky, Fen said. The Azish aren't as desperate as I am. And frankly, they aren't Vorin. People here, myself included, respond to a good push from a determined monarch. Strength and passion the Vorin way. But those tactics will just make the Azish dig in and rebuff you harder. Mm -hmm. He rubbed his chin. Do you have any suggestions? I don't think you'll find it very appealing. Try me, Dalinar said. I'm starting to appreciate that the way I usually do things has severe limitations. That's it. Amazing. What a great so ending. Queen Fen sounds like she's got an idea of how to get the Azish on, on Dalinar's board. side. Right. Yeah. So it sounds like Yonagon wants it. Sounds like Lyft is is there with Yonagon saying we need to do it. Yeah. But it's not them that he has to convince. He has to right. convince the viziers and the scions and the the yeah. establishment, the, the establishment. bureaucracy, right? And um, Queen and Fen. Fen seems to have an idea of how to do that, which is great. So the tipping of the iceberg, if you will, mm -hmm. was Renarin, right? Healing Ren all those sick people. Seeing that effect, right? Being the bondsmith, I mean, it started with Dalinar, yeah. And it just happens to be that, you know, Dalinar being a bondsmith, his son is, is in a way, a better bondsmith, yeah. That way, with his power, mm -hmm. yeah. He was all he's he's so used to thinking about things militarily mm -hmm. that he didn't see that, yeah, sure, Bernard would be great medic on, on the battlefield, yeah, but what about after? Right. What about just regular sick people, you know, dealing with illness without war? 
he could be helping them too. Highlight for sure, Renard. Yeah, come on. Come on. He's, not, he's barely I'm, even I'm in on. it. He's barely in it. But yeah, highlight is Renard. Highlights Renard. Yeah, I wrote when Dalinar calls for his son, and it's Renard, Renard he's calling for. Him. Yeah, not the not Adolin. You know, my son Adolin. Yeah, my son Renard. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It's so great. Uh, I also have a little bit of a highlight where um, the. The idea of the Everstorm with the burning embers and the sometimes red yeah, lightning. Yeah, red lightning. Dude, this is completely Eddie Munson, uh, Stranger Things, you right, know, Master yeah, of yeah. Puppets playing. <laughs> it, like, it totally gives, especially yeah. the burning embers just yeah, swirling yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. It's like hell in a so storm. So violent. Yeah. yeah. It's so cool. It's a really, it's so metal. That's what, it's, that's I think my comment. It's so metal. It's so awesome. The Everstorm is definitely heavy metal. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, what a great chapter. Um, yeah, amazing. Like, what there a great wasn't any start like, big reveals three. or anything for you for a live read reason? Um, no, but, not not big reveals, but just new things to think about. Right, and new things that Dalinar has figured out with his power. Mm-hmm. Not only can he bind inanimate objects back together, but he might mm-hmm. be able to bond with people and gain some, maybe their language, maybe, maybe other things. We yeah, don't know. Yeah, yeah. interesting for Dalinar to start and discovering getting, his... And the alliance increasing. Like, if he gets... Right. Now that he has this, and maybe has uh, an ace in the hole, if you will, for for Azir... Well, it's like Mega Man. He just he just beat a level, and now he's got the power, yeah. he can go and beat the other level. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. It's really great. Yeah. It's really great. Yeah, it's awesome. Let's uh, let's quickly uh, do a uh, info dump. Um, we're gonna go and thank our buddy uh, Buzzkill Joe for the info dump. Thanks a lot, buddy, mm-hmm. uh, for all the work that you do for us. So, chapter fifty-eight burdens it takes place in Urthiru and Thalen City. They transfer over. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a character called uh, Kamaki. It's his uh, Queen Fen's consort. So, not the king. But the prince consort. Yeah. So her husband, but not the king. He's an aging man with matching mustaches and eyebrows. So think about that picture you saw at the beginning with the eyebrows, but he's also got the big white mustache too. Uh, looks awesome. Uh, Rial is obviously the, this person that came back into the story again. One of Dalinar's personal guards who, you know, we thought was overstepping before, but Dalinar likes this guy. He likes the fact that, you know, yeah, he, he reminds him of his, of his buddies of from his the friends. elites, right? Yeah. yeah, so it's really cool. Um... The Oath Gates, one of the really interesting things that were said was Navani said that um, they'd been pumping in too much stormlight into the Oath Gates. They don't even need right. that much. They weren't efficient. Yeah, 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 it wasn't as efficient, so they were actually wasting energy mm-hmm. those times they went back and forth to Narok. Right. So, and then she said, who knows what we, you know, haven't been doing properly this whole time. So that's really interesting. Um, Kaladin is finally a lord. He gets uh, uh, this property along um, the river. What it was, uh, Death Bend River, which uh, yeah includes six or seven villages and a, and yeah. a town. So yeah, that's kind of neat. He's got a little yeah. plot of He's land. Got holdings, yeah. Yeah. Um, then he says here, Thalen City is a port town on the western coast of a large southern island, right? Which we know. Mm-hmm. Um, at the mountainside metropolis, like Harbreath, protected it from the high storms. So it's, you know, it was a gem. It was a jewel of the west or mm-hmm. of the east because it had the ability to be protected like Carbranth, right? Mm-hmm. And I love that little bit about Carbranth and the bell. You know, we always wondered why was the bell, but that's why they had, they needed bells to remind them. Oh, a storm! A storm! Storm went by. We can barely even hear them. So yeah, that's interesting. Um, 
And then uh, chapter 59, Bondsmith, what a, what a great chapter. Um, Kraldric is, uh, uh, or Kadralk is Queen's uh, Fen's son. He's tall for Thalen, a young man with blue eyes. Um, really, really great. I love his uh, his little fu- uh, duel with Dalinar. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, we get uh, Bathat, which is a herald. Um, the Thalen name for the herald Batar. So there's, remember how we talk about this a little bit. The Azish will have a different name for the heralds. Right. Evie, when talking to Dalinar in the past, has different names for the, the heralds. That's right. So same heralds, just different names. Um... Um, I loved the part when the uh, faces of the statues were defaced. It made mm. us think about those people who broke into the bronze uh, palace. Yeah. So that's really, really In cool. Kings. Mm. Yeah, very cool. The simulacrum of Paralet is a grand statue near the Temple of Batha, broken by the uh, uh, Everstorm, and this is the one that Dalinar starts to repair. Right. So, yeah. Very cool. Um, the Thalen monarchy is not hereditary, as a lot of these uh, these places are. Um, sounds like it is a council of merchants and naval officers, and they pick the new monarch. So, like a little dem- democratic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is really cool. And then Dalinar grows into some power here. Dalinar's bondsmith power is able to hear the broken stones of the temple and repair it. Renarn has the ability to heal, and he is new to his powers as I am them to mine, and can best heal those that were recently wounded. I wonder if it's similar to what I'm doing. Once the soul grows accustomed to the wound, it's much harder to fix. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and he says early, a little later in that chapter, where my son is doing the real work. I'm just fixing buildings. He's fixing people. So. Really, really cool, yeah. So thanks again to uh, Buzzkill Joe for the info dump. We really appreciate everything you do for us, bro. Um, so yeah. Um, we did it. That's it. That's the end of the episode. Um, <laughs> we did a live read, a live read episode at the lake. At the lake. Yeah, it was a really good, good one. Thank you so much for you know for us finding time here to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, we aren't going to read patron names because we, you know we want to get back to relaxing. But we will say that if you want to reach out to us and have any uh, opinions about what we've read today or anything that you want us, maybe maybe me and Jack to talk about a little bit more because a live read, you know, is instant reaction stuff, not real full conversations like no, we normally do. No. Um, if you want to reach out to us, you can do so at our email at heroes of a Cathra, uh, at gmail.com you can hit us up on twitter at heroes of one on uh, instagram at the storm pod and the most places that people reach out is you can find us on the subreddit at the storm pod and the facebook page of storm pod so yeah thanks a lot everyone for listening um yeah next chapters are 60 and 61 so we will uh, yeah we'll do our research our readings and we'll back and we'll get back to it yeah anyways thank you everyone for for listening we love you very much till next time Take care, everybody. The Storm Pod is brought to you by Heroes of. Music and theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by our wonderful Patreon team and the Heroes of Acathra. <laughs>